thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and as always, I am here with the legendary co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is my hilarious humdinger of a mate. He is Dr. <laughs> Damien Christoph. Hello, great man. Hello, Piercey. It's so great to be sharing the mics with you again. It's always it's a highlight of my week. It's absolutely highlight of my week. I this, love it. This is our this is our social time, our catch up time, and we've been interviewing a few people lately. And we just before we uh, pressed record, we thought let's just have a chat and let's record it because we haven't really spoken much lately. It's really uh, we've missed each other. I've been away. You've been off doing things. You've been celebrating a Richmond Premiership and all types <laughs> of things. And and uh, we just haven't spoken as much. And uh, you know, you suggested, and, and we're going to do this. Let's just catch up about life. There'll be no talk about the weather on this podcast. We like to get into the deep and meaningfuls, and if it includes the weather, that's okay. But, um, it's, not worth it. it's not worth talking about the weather in Melbourne at the moment. No, so we won't We won't even go there. Uh, I won't tell you that I've been jumping in the beach for most days after a good day's work and just refreshing before hopping into crazy time with the kids. Um, but uh, there's been... Right along. <laughs> you know, three layers. I won't tell you how bad it is down here. I've got the heater on again. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't. We're going to reach a max of 17 degrees today. You can't say that. Terrible. Are you serious? Yeah. That's just wrong. We're going to reach a max. It doesn't mean it's 17 at the moment. <laughs> We're like nearly in November. We're still uh, uh, no. Anyway, we're not talking about the weather. We're not no, we weather. won't talk about the weather. We're just going to freestyle because uh, there's been plenty happening and um, mm. and we'll go in all, all directions. I've just made a couple of notes just to take stock of what, what's what been happening in my life. Um, yeah. So I'll just grill you first. Um, right, I'll grill you. Yeah, yeah, go for your life. But uh, you got any goss for me? Got anything that... Uh, you might be happy to share with myself and a loyal tribe of listeners. Well, I think um, it's there's a fair bit happening in the healthscape at the moment, mate. And I'm, you know, I actually, I oh, if I go and get Pilates or see a naturopath, maybe even a chiro, I'm not going to get a rebate on my um, <laughs> private health, am I? Well, it appears that um, because uh, you know, because there's, I suppose there's a few ways to look at this. So there's the concept of getting a house in order. Um, and I think that professions need to do that these days and the current climate where, where um, we need to validate what we do rather than people validate what we don't do, if that makes sense. So we have to prove that it works rather than somebody proving that it doesn't work. Um, makes things, you know, it's a different sort of climate and fair enough, you know, there's a culture at the moment, particularly in Australia and around the Western world that um, science is the, uh, it's the grand poobah. It's kind of a bit like the Catholic Church used to be the, the grand poobah or um, Judaism used to be the grand poobah of religion and you know the current religion at the moment is science and so people you know look to science as having all the answers and uh, and it's interesting because um, you know various therapies for example naturopathy uh, herbal medicine Chinese medicine uh, run on a philosophy um, and it's very often it's difficult to often scientifically prove that something exists if you're working within the um, the boundaries or the tenets of a philosophy. You can't – well, I'm just going to pop it out there. You cannot scientifically prove 
any philosophy. No, like, that's the it. that's the beauty of life. <laughs> yeah, because it's a, yeah, like science hasn't been able to prove you know the meaning of life at this stage, so we've all got to have some degree. Science of can't prove that a mango is a mango. We've just given it a name. <laughs> well, they probably contend that they could because they'd get two mangoes, put it up for uh, for trial. You know, this one tastes like a mango. Does this one taste like a mango? Yes, it tastes like a mango. Let's do a placebo control, double blind, randomized control study, and uh, they'd then be able to prove that yes. According to 995 people, um, 97% of this population, give or take one to two standard deviations with a confidence <laughs> interval of 0.95, um, that these are two mangoes. That's kind of, the, <laughs> you know, that's the way it would go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people have been using therapies and treatments for a long time and it was identified probably um, these therapies and treatments, whilst were difficult to prove with the current science 20 years ago, um, People flocked it to, they used it, had a high um, utilization rates, high satisfaction rates, and so thereby um, were considered to be um, worthy of being put in uh, the bundle of, uh, I suppose, therapies that health insurance could then support the use of with the view of keeping people healthy, not necessarily treating their disease, so not waiting for people to get crook, but you know, through health promotion, or health assurance, they're put into a health insurance plan. Um, and people then flocked to health insurance um, for extras because one were made to compulsorily have um, hospital insurance. Go figure. And two, you were uh, encouraged to take out extras because if you took out extras, you'd have the ability to claim back some of your money, some of your investment uh, for therapies that you used as preventative health or as you know other modalities to prevent ill health um, and obviously keep you out of hospital. Uh, but I think it's as of the 1st of November, um, you won't have access to naturopathy, homeopathy, yoga, Pilates, um, any of those therapies, um, herbal medicine, you won't have access to those therapies because they haven't been able to prove that they work. And uh, and so the climate that we live in actually now punishes you for being proactive, even being mindful about the things that you might do if you go and get some education about good food from a naturopath rather than a good food from a dietitian. Um, because naturopathy can't be proved that it works, even though it's a multi multi modality approach to health and well being, because it can't be it hasn't been proven um, by science, it's now no longer part of your health insurance plan mm. and uh and so you got to kind of fly flounder around jump onto google try and get all of your good advice from there and sift through the trot and trash and rubbish and crud that gets printed in the sydney morning herald and um and try and work we're out. naming any names but hello to all of our friends at the sydney morning herald <laughs> yeah you guys can get stuffed <laughs> so you know you just go well how are these poor people going to uh get good advice it's going to be very difficult for them well it's now i mean it, more than ever it's all creating a, a a class society on health choices it's making the status of health um or it's making health more of a um a, a class based on economies more yeah. than ever before and i know yeah. i still talk to this day that you will you will go black and blue and almost tears coming out of your eyes going an avocado is not meant to be four bloody dollars <laughs> um, and, and and the challenge is that you know uh, it's the same with it's the same with with health. Now people are making their choices based on 
financial inducements. One gets Medicare coverage, one doesn't. One gets private health, one doesn't. I mean, you can you can change your lifestyle, uh, which will probably cost you some money by your food choices and maybe buying a pair of runners, or you can just go and get lap band surgery, or just show your Medicare card, and you don't have to pay anything. Yeah. So it, it it seems to be the same philosophy here is that it's it it's very much taking um putting a real economical barrier um and almost like an inducement into health choices because as you said people are going to go to essentially what's cheapest and then people will make excuses about affordability and all this and all the well, rest. Well, maybe of it. you maybe you might just drop your extras. You know, you might not spend three thousand dollars a year on extras and just put that towards your own little health fund. You know, and just uh, might still get hospitals ne- cover. Yeah, but they may not necessarily go to the Cairo or the naturopath or Pilates or whatever it is um, because they're not going to get a rebate. And that happens already, right? Whether people get rebates or not, if people don't have extras cover, they yep. may not come to that practitioner as often as someone that does. Mm-hmm. Or even in our experience, when we used to have. Um, our practice, uh, some people would stop coming in after their annual, um, you know, product limit, their limit, their, their limit yeah, the was limit. reached. Yeah, that's um, right. Which again is still a financial. It's all finance. It's it's really and again not not writing or wronging either way here. But it's we live in a world now where where our a lot of our health decisions are based on economics. Yeah. Um, and. And we all do it. I mean, you know, we have a shopping budget and a you know health budget and all of those other things. Everyone, it's all money. Um, but in many ways, it's it's somewhat sad that that's generally the way that that we've almost been um, set up to have to behave. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It is a shame. It's a real shame. So, what do you think will happen? Oh, girthy. Well, I, I think that there's going to have to be a big shift. I think that some of the uh, professions that are hurting as a result of this decision by the government will need to pull their socks up. Some of them will fold. So we'll see that some of them will just go down, they'll just collapse. Practitioners put their hands up and go, this is all too hard. And um, and so some of those professions in Australia will be lost, which will be a real what, shame. What do you think? If you're, if you're waving your crystal, if you're uh, you know rolling your hands over your crystal ball, what professions do you think are going to struggle the most? I think probably the ones that um, aren't now easily taught. So, for example, reflexology. There's no school in Victoria that teaches reflexology anymore. So you can't just go and learn how to do reflexology. Um, and I love reflexology. I think it's fantastic. And the hour of reflexology that I get every fortnight for me is an amazing relaxation. Um, you ticklish feet. You know, I love it. No, I don't. I don't. Jeez, I do. <laughs> do you? Reflexology in me. I tell you what, to get a few kicks in the face, the poor practitioners. <laughs> I don't. I actually love it. I, I absolutely love it. it for me, it, it floats my boat. But you might find other things like Rolfing or Feldenkrais, um, different types of massage techniques that might actually get just dropped off. Um, you might you might see that. You might see that a lot of um, naturopaths kind of just go, you know what, this is all just too hard. And so you might get a bit of a cleaving um, of some of the struggling practitioners out there. Um, fortunately, chiropractic is part of uh, the uh, registered health professions in Australia. And so we don't have that same degree of threat. However, there's definitely opposition to chiropractic and Chinese medicine and osteopathy. And um, and there were some commentators, and the reason why I slammed dunked that um, um, cartoon paper, the Sydney Morning Herald, um, was that um, they published an opinion piece from someone with a very, um, you know, vocal and prominent vested interest in medicine and drugs and all that sort of stuff and you know from the friends of science and medicine published a comment or commentary 
from this guy um, that slam dunks other therapies and calls us into question in terms of our efficacy and our um, our honorability and our professionalism and and you know, I suppose our our intent to help people get better and heal and, and get healthy because it can't be proved by science. And I think that we've got to kind of, as a population, start to ask our politicians a few questions and say, hang on a second, these therapies work. You know, I've been using it for X amount of time as a politician, as a parliamentarian. You're supposed to be protecting my rights, but you're bit by bit eroding my access to good quality healthcare because you're supporting one model of healthcare, which is drugs and surgery. Um, and and it's dangerous. A, a new um, article came out today um, out of the UK, out of the United Kingdom, that says uh, paracetamol accounts for about a third of all hospital admissions each year. Joyous. 50,000 people in the UK each year um, enter um, the emergency department as a result of either a accidental overdose or an on-purpose overdose. That's a thousand a week. Yeah, that's, we're talking that's, a thousand. Uh, that's two hundred. That's almost two hundred a day. We're talking. We're talking that's about twenty an hour. Mate, in the waking we're talking, hours, we're talking a seven three seven eight hundred aeroplane falling out of the sky every day with overdosed people going to the hospital, and there's no outcry. It's just considered to be an acceptable standard or acceptable risk associated with All taking right. Well, let me, let me just throw a couple of hand grenades at you. All right. Wait, can, we just put, can we just put that into context? The, the, like, the, 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 imagine, Boeing, imagine, the Boeing. Imagine Qantas. Yeah. Imagine Qantas had a plane that crashed every single full of day. Full people with a headache. Full of people with a headache. Crashed every single day. Crashed every single day. 365 planes a year crashed out of the sky and these people were admitted to hospital with an overdose. And you saying they die? Did they die? Well, they don't die. They just they go to hospital with, a, with liver damage as a result of it. So now they've discovered a new drug that will decrease the liver damage as a result of the paracetamol overdose. Oh, that's so what we need. We, yes, that's a great idea. A drug. Let's just put another, another, another drug, a drug for a drug. So why don't we put another ambulance at the bottom of the cliff just to um, help help those people who fall off the cliff? That's incredible. Okay. These, these people are highly educated as well. You can tell. That's an incredible idea. That's just – that's got Einstein stumped. That's a, It's remarkable. But you can buy paracetamol over the counter. Like You, you can, can buy it at 7-Eleven. You can buy it at the petrol station. Yeah. And it's a dangerous drug. And but an airplane load of people every single day are admitted to hospital in the UK every single day. Mm. It's terrible. So this is um this is this is just my view. Um, <laughs> Give me your view, mate. Is it, me. Is what that? How do I say this? And I don't say this. I'm not saying this at you or to our listeners or whoever it is. I don't think. I think days are gone. Days are gone where I'm going to suggest, not, I'm not suggest, I'm going to say that your view, Damo, it's romantic, that the media is independent and that the government is there to protect the people. That's what we learn at school and that's what, that's what we're told growing up, that that's the role of government and that's why we live in a democracy and all the rest of it. Yeah. But my view is that the 2017 world that we live in no longer 
works like that. We want it to work like that, so we hold on to this view that that's how it should be. And I'm not saying it to be pessimistic, but my view is that it's never, ever, ever going to... We're never going to have a government again that we feel truly represents all of our diversities because we are so diverse now. Um, I was just saying to you the other day, when we had a, when we, when we were dressed poorly growing up as teenagers, someone would say, Marcus, you look gay. Now, if someone said that to me now, because I'm wearing yeah. an old you'd t-shirt offended, or whatever, you'd be offended. That yep. person could go to court. That it could yep. all types of things. Yeah, um, absolutely. So the world, you know, I mean, obviously, I've got a. That's a good thing, though. But that's a, that's great. That's, that's like, a great I, thing. But all I'm saying I is, think like, that's the a world. Thing. It is a great thing. But all I'm saying is, is that the world changes, and if we hold on to notions from the past, for example, that the media is independent and they are the voice of the people, it's very clear that. All media organizations have a slant, whether it's a political slant or a social slant. Um, And so the media, clearly in that piece that you spoke about with opinion, there's no doubt. They've got advertisers that are from Big Pharma. They've got – they are conflicted in the nicest possible way that they are so conflicted that they can no longer – they can no longer tolerate publishing content that flies in the face, for example, of their advertisers. Because yeah, in the true. in the in the competitive media world, it's not going to happen. Not going to be. It's not good for business. And I think it's exactly the same in politics. There is a politician who loves Kim Morrison's oils, right? Right. And she's worn them in Parliament. And all these people ask her about you smell so nice. And what are you doing there? And all Surely of that's this sexual rest harassment. Of it. Goodness. Right. <laughs> yeah, isn't there? Surely, isn't right. there now we can't make comment on someone's appearance? Yeah. So you much. can't if you if you're in a corporate environment, you know, and one of your colleagues is I don't know, you can tell they've they've bought a new dress or I don't know, maybe your male colleague's got a new shirt and you go, mate, looking dapper today, you know, good looking rooster demo, we might be in trouble. But anyway, <laughs> the the world has changed and I don't I don't personally believe that it's going to go back to politicians being the voice of the people and and the media being independent. I think that's why we have blogs and social media and influences and events and um, we kind of have the independent media has kind of gone away from mainstream media, you know, free to air and the the dailies to be now uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We can say whatever we like, if you know what I mean, on those avenues. And And I think the same with government. I don't think... They're our leaders anymore. In the nicest possible way, they build our roads and they they make rules which we don't like, and that is that's that is um, hard. But I think a lot of you, if we ask people who who are our real leaders are, I don't think they'd be saying politicians. No, I'd agree with you. In fact, I don't know whether or not many people would feel that we do actually have good leadership in the country at the moment because you can't. People don't necessarily. I mean, there are. When did we have good leadership though? That's the thing. I I don't think people would say when was the last John Howard. John yeah. Howard was great. Bob Hawke, he did a great job. But we must acknowledge that there's half of the Australian population that would disagree. Oh, so, maybe not half. Maybe not half. I think we've become. Well, we've become well, you know what I mean? There'll be a large chunk of people, particularly, you know, I love John Howard, right? But I'll say happily, like I voted Liberal when John Howard was around. So yeah. everyone that didn't vote Liberal, that, you know, my politics teacher would have hated the John Howard era. Sure. So that's sure. That's but that doesn't mean that the leadership wasn't good. 
You're just talking about the political party. Oh, the policies and the, you know, yeah. the philosophy. Yeah. So, it's the philosophy. A, Coming a, back to the philosophies. Imagine a philosophy, right? Well, the philosophies are so similar these days. So if you look at um, the Liberal versus Labor, you look at the Greens, whatever, they're all very much the same. They've got the same sort of policy lines, party lines. It's all the same. It's just who do you like the most? Who's the most charismatic? Who's going to make you feel good um, up on the, on the dais, on the podium, sprouting out different words? And so – you know, it, it makes it and well. That's a really good point, actually. If you think of the whole Trump Clinton, you know, yeah. saga. Yeah, parliaments. We just look at New Zealand, for example, right? We've just gone from a liberal government or a national government to a Labor government. Um, I think the new prime minister over there, thirty-seven-year-old lady, um, oh, what's her name? Um, I can't remember her name, but I think that's a really great thing for the country to have such a young leader. Um, step up and form a coalition with some of the minority parties, um, and and lead the country through. I suppose, uh, maybe more progressive eyes. I think that's a really exciting thing. But, again, there was a hung parliament there pretty much to the extent that a coalition needed to be formed with minor parties. And the same thing happens here in Australia. Like, we vote 50-50, you know, half of the population votes for this team, the other half of the population votes for this team, mm. and then so a coalition has to be formed with the minor parties and nothing gets done. So oh, it's very right. difficult for people to get voted in to actually show and display proper leadership. But I also think that those who are in leadership aren't really displaying much at all. You know, that's my kind of opinion. Okay, here's one for you then, and, and we do need to wrap this uh, episode up shortly. Here's one for you. The, the oh, incoming right. recording. I forgot about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> the incoming <laughs> Chancellor of Austria, you may have seen this, Born right. over five years later than myself, Sebastian Kurtz, born 27th August 1986, uh, will soon become the world's youngest uh, leader. Um, right. He's taking over Austria uh, when when the term finishes. He's been elected. Now, there's no he's 30, doubt. He's 31. He's 31. He's, 31. he's literally 31. Right. Wow. Um and he's currently the Minister for Foreign Affairs. He'll soon become the Chancellor of Austria. Now, I feel like this is indicative of where our leadership's coming. Just look at him. He's good-looking. I'm sure he has a, uh, a health regime. He, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a, 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 the people's leader, if you know what I mean, particularly yeah. coming in at that age, probably a, a representation of um, just just the, the, I suppose, almost a shift in the way that we are behaving and the, and what we're looking for in leadership. I still think in Australia that, and I know we have a quarter of our listeners outside of Australia, but I do think in Australia we are still very much influenced. No one would actually like to admit it, but we are still very much influenced by a baby boomer generation. Yes. We look at a lot of our leaders. And that's not yep. a bad thing necessarily. I'm no, not saying that's not bad. There's a lot of wisdom in older years. But then you look at what's happening in parts of Europe and even in New Zealand. It's quite pro- progressive for a 31-year-old to be inducted to lead your country. So, mm. I mean, there's people that are voting in their 60s and 70s and 80s for someone two, three, four, five decades younger than them. And that is, uh, that's a reflection of maturity to go, you know what, even though he's younger, hasn't had the life experience and all the rest of it, he's still being brought in and ideally for good reasons. And um, I think that's potentially where the the new level of government, I don't want this to be a political episode, but I think it has to be to a point like the way that we live our life is not necessarily based on um, the party, as you said earlier. It's really on it's, it's, it's people power. It's the leader. It's who are they mm. in terms of their charisma, their energy, not mm. just their policies. Um, how do they engage with their community, be it whether on social media or uh, just through mainstream media? Um, and then um, if we can, you know, identify with people that we 
truly respect, which a lot of people would argue is hard in this country, in, in politics, um, then we feel a, a whole lot better about being led, uh, you know, by that particular party. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a buffer. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, yes. I'm not happy with the politics, but, you know, he's all right. He's a well, nice guy. Well, that's probably how know. a lot of people view Obama. I'm not I'm not a massive political guru, but I think a lot of the purists say, look, a lot of the stuff that Obama implemented or wanted to implement didn't happen or was no good, but yeah. you can't, yeah. but a lot of people go, but, you know, he was a really good guy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so there was a buffer. Yeah. Whereas yeah. even if, even if, even if Trump was, you know, initiating wonderful policies, a lot of people would still be talking about all the things they can't stand about him. Yeah, true. You true. know, true. So, true. Absolutely. Yeah, great call. Anyway, plenty to so talk cool. about. We might just carry on the conversation. We might lighten the mood and talk about a few other things. I've been watching some ripping movies lately. Yeah, what else? What have you been watching? I'll share it with you on the next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, keep you waiting Thanks. in our listeners. Yeah, some deep no, and meaningful, some some good ones, some funny ones. I'm looking um, forward to going to Ikaria, mate. It's coming up. Tell you what, it's about a, it's about one pregnancy away. Is it still it's nine about, months away? It's about nine months away. Wow, I feel yeah, I, I, I'm a bit keen. I, it was 35 weeks ago the other night. I, I just, you know, measured it out. Not that I'm, you know, too well, eager. A pregnancy is 40 weeks. That's uh, going to be a little bit, you know, yeah. won't be full term. No, won't be full term, but uh, it's approaching. And um, Don't say that again because last time you just had little Tommy. 17 days, 17 days. So, uh, before we don't want that. We, I mean, maybe we do want another baby, but uh, you want to take the family this time. We'll have a um, – we'll have a um, – What's the word? You know, when you have a honeymoon baby, we'll have an Ikaria baby. <laughs> you call it Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> or you want? Yeah, it. yeah, we might do that. We might do that. That'd be hilarious. We might call our little. Our, 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 don't worry, everyone. There's no news because people are going to go. We might call our fourth child Icarus. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, too good. But yes, if you want more fun and games with Damo and I, head on over to 100notout.com and uh, <laughs> check out our incredible 10 day experience. Oh, can't wait. Cannot yeah. wait. Um, all right. Well, appreciate that chat, Damo. As always, yeah, I hope people have enjoyed our, our chat and um, our chats to come on the next episode. To find out more about the great man that is Damien Christoph, head on over to damienchristoph.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Remember, with the ever-growing number of podcasts on The Wellness Couch, listen to this episode and many more on thewellnesscouch.com and uh, please give this episode a five-star rating and this podcast a five-star rating in the iTunes store. Um, and until next week, thank you for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.